Welcome to UX Banter Podcast Season 2. I am your host Dushyant Kanungo. Here, I speak with industry leaders about their journey in design and know more about what inspires them to become the best in the industry. This podcast is presented by Galaxy UX Studio and powered by Galaxy Weblinks, an Inc 5000 organization. Hello. So today's guest is joining us all the way from Chicago. She has over 18 years of professional experience in research, design and innovation. She has a certain knack for solving problems, a quality she is putting to excellent use while working as a director of experience research at Motorola. She has also been an adjunct faculty at the Illinois Institute of Technology's Institute of Design for over 14 years. She has been an alluristic individual who has developed cancerworksheets.com, a medium to help cancer patients and their families. Welcome to the show, April Star. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here, April. And we've been, you know, talking second time uh, that this interaction is happening. And from the last interaction, I was looking forward to, you know, talking to you in detail about your career and your, you know, the journey that you has you have been on. To, to start off things with, I mean, my first question to you is that how have you, you know, became a designer? What was the choices that you made that, you know, this is the career path that I want to be on? Um, well, I think like maybe most people my age, um, you know, before we knew that design was an option, um, I think more more people now know about design, but I didn't know about design. Um, I took an art class in high school and was like, this seems sort of fun, but I also knew I had to do something practical. Um, so uh, design seemed like a good uh, practical thing that also had some art involved um but i ended up really liking design a lot more because um it it kind of fed into my love of problem solving um but i didn't really realize that i loved problem solving um until i got into design um but i also realized <laughs> when i was in undergrad that i was actually a really shitty um industrial designer uh because i spent all my time thinking about what the problem was and less about sort of what the look and feel of what i was designing was so i i was sort of a, more of a natural researcher from the beginning so what is your driving force like i mean what keeps you motivated in your career um it's interesting i mean i think you know in the beginning i just loved really hard problems and then i think that's sort of evolved over time to really systemic problems really impact uh society in some way so you know right now i work in public safety public safety is obviously a very politically charged uh issue right now with um you know a lot of feelings towards police Mm -hmm. um but obviously you know there's a there's a side of things that people don't really know um about which is uh that you know we have a real public safety crisis in this country um that you know people uh don't want to be police officers um but yet we really need people to be police officers because increasingly we don't have enough people to respond to um incidents um uh incidents of of you know intimate part partner violence mental health issues are increasing and so i feel really strongly about um you know what is the future of public safety look like clearly it's not working the way it is uh 
right now. And so, you know, as a researcher, but also kind of a service designer, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of work on what the future of, you know, that kind of public service looks like. So, so the, that's kind of what I'm passionate about now. I mean, that is amazing point of view to hear because you are actually out there solving uh, a real world problem and working as, you know, design for good, that philosophy as in practice. And I don't think that our listeners or many people realize that Motorola actually, you know, you're working with Motorola to solve these problems. People generally think about Motorola as Motorazor or something Google has bought or those car stereos as the company started. So what is your, you know, role as a day-to-day researcher or design lead or director as a professional looks like? Yeah, um, absolutely. There is so much confusion about Motorola. I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) Um, So Motorola a while ago actually split into two companies. Um, There's the consumer phone side that everybody knows about. The Razor was so hot back in the day. I love the the (laughs) StarTac myself. Um, but, uh, but the Motorola that I work for is called Motorola solutions. Um, and you know, I'm sure most people remember the walkie talkie, um, police still use radios because that allows them to communicate very, um, uh, quickly, but also in a group setting so they can all hear each other. And so that provides them a lot of situational awareness. And so in a, in a mission critical, um, uh, situation, it's very important for them to communicate that way. So that was sort of the origin of, of Motorola Solutions foothold into public safety. But now we're very much a software company. Um, and what we're doing is we're really building an end-to-end ecosystem of, of software for public safety. So we now design um, everything from when a call comes into a 911 center all the way to when that uh, case goes to court. So what the incident gets documented, all wow. of that data kind of flows end to end. Um, and that information is so important because more and more, right, having that information be transparent to the public is so important because we need to know what's going on in our communities. We, we need to know, um, you know, what's going on with our public safety agencies and how they are responding to our communities. I mean, this is, isn't this crazy that, you know, because there are so many different type of people with different type of computer or digital skills involved, we have to be considerate about that. Nobody gets confused. Nobody gets overwhelmed. There is no information overload. The cognitive load has to be managed. Yes. And yes. then uh, the, the information safety is also critical that you need to manage users that who can see what information, the personal data. I mean, this must be Wow. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a very tough space to work in, but that's why it's so fun and challenging. Um, And, you know, we work with incredible data scientists. Um, You know, we work on great problems trying to utilize um, AI to help support our users. Uh, We, you know, we always believe in keeping the human in the loop. So we're never letting the computers, you know, make the decisions for people, but we always want to assist people so that we can um, help them make the best decisions in those like really critical moments um, in these really tough incidents that they work in and also help them with mental health as well right we want obviously to help, because you know, the tools, yeah. tools have to be available at hand I think the other complex yeah. UX that I can think of might be you know somebody working at NASA you know to design the, the spaceship software uh, but this yeah. is something that actually makes a difference. A single error here and there, a single field up and down, another field which is mandatory. 
that actually stops the entire process from happening. And if that happens, then people could lose lives. I mean, That's this right. is very impactful uh, domain that you are in. How different do you think it is from the other domains that you have been working before coming into this uh, service industry? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, prior to working in public safety, I've I've worked in almost every other industry. Um, <laughs> you know, you name it: consumer products, uh, industrial products, healthcare. Um, and uh, it's so different. It's different for many reasons. It, uh, it's different because it's government, so it's slow and it's uh, uh, archaic. You should see the tools that they use now. Um, it, it, like, honestly, it's so upsetting to go observe some of these users and watch the tools that they use. They are slow, they are cumbersome, they are dated. I mean, if I worked in education, the education industry before joining Motorola, and I thought education was far behind. Um, it, it goes healthcare, education, public safety. Public safety is further behind, like 10 years behind education, which is shocking. I mean, it's and bad. How do, you, how do you manage the, you know, the selling of UX? Because I think we have the research data, but there has to be somebody accepting it. How difficult that becomes and how challenging is that? Um, not, it's not challenging because the, because the user experience is so poor right now. It's like the bar is so low that, you know, it's in a way it's, it's the easiest sell in the world. The hard part is getting the user experience right because, um, in public safety, people don't like any kind of change because any kind of change to them means a risk and any kind of risk means the potential for a loss of life. So we have to be so iterative in our process and we have to bring our customers with us along in the process. We have to be very thoughtful about, um, you know, training as well. And, you know, just trying to get our products as close to truly intuitive, you know, where no, like as close to no training as possible. And you're, you're still going to need training because it's public safety, but that's our goal. I, I remember in the last discussion when we were talking about, you said that, you know, after coming from different domains, you found your home and you never thought yeah. about that this is going to be the domain that you're going to stay. <laughs> and when, when you teach, when you teach at the, uh, the, at the university, um, how much, uh, you know, of this spills over to your students? Because this is very exciting uh, experience that you get out of this particular domain. So your student must be, you know, thrilled to, you know, get those ideas firsthand. Oh, it's completely relevant. So I teach service design um, at the Institute of Design. I don't teach there currently, but in the past I've, I, I've taught service design and the way I interpret service design, everybody sort of has their own little definition of service design, but I've always thought of service design as um, really what you're doing is designing the internal um, operations kind of of a company to optimize the, the external user experience, right? Because we can design the most brilliant user experience, but if a company isn't able to deliver that user experience, then what's the point? <laughs> so for public safety, it's the same thing. Uh, the public, you know, a, uh, public safety is a team of people, right? That are working towards resolving some kind of incident, like a mass shooting, for example. And that team of people is a call taker, a dispatcher, police officers, firefighters, a medical team. And, and so they have internal operations that they are doing to, all together 
to provide a user experience to someone else. But Motorola is also a company that is trying to provide a user experience to their customers. So wow. it's almost like where there are two services that are being designed together simultaneously to to deliver a user two user experiences. So it's understandably. So 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 it's more like the cognitive load is on the designer rather than you know just keeping sure that the so the is just you know happens all the time. So the moment I'm listening to these things, your stories. I think this will give great insights to people that what makes UX challenging. Yeah. This is this is the you know the paramount of it that when we actually think about it, it is not just about if your website is responsive. It's oh yeah. <laughs> this no. is this is something else altogether. And thank you very much for sharing your experiences like that with us, you know, in, in such candid way. So I'm going to break that conversation and bring out my cards. Okay, okay. so these are our rapid fire questions. Um, and in season two, we have different questions than we had in the first season. So I'm okay. going to shuffle them and I'm going to ask them quickly and you have to answer really quickly okay. so that we get through the deck. Okay, got it. One day in your life, you would like to relive. Oh my gosh, I don't know. That's so hard. Uh, 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 my first day of uh, graduate school. How about that? Okay. Books or movies? Movies. Which one? Um, oh no. Gosh, I am not good at this. I'm, too, <laughs> I'm, an, over, I'm an overthinker. So I, this is like the, the hardest thing for me. Um, Citizen Kane. Okay. Your least favorite subject when you were studying in school or college? Oh, industrial design and sketching, marker rendering. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Fast food or fine dining? Uh, fine dining. Um, uh, there's a place called Proxy in Chicago and they make this like dip with this bread and it's like amazing. Whatever the dip is, it's like always different, but it's amazing. Proxy, it's great. Okay. Sunrise or sunset? Uh, sunset not fan of waking up early i actually am a morning person but if i'm gonna look at, but i'm busy in the morning i can enjoy the sunset yeah i really like sunrises but unfortunately i can't seem to see them yeah exactly exactly who has the time yeah so go out or stay in stay i'm a stay in person okay yeah. if you want 10 million dollars today what is the first thing that you're gonna buy uh, honestly, I would donate it to neuroendocrine cancer research. Yeah. All right. If you can move anywhere on earth, uh, where would you go? New Zealand. Oh, that's a beautiful country, actually. It is. Uh, it's beautiful. Your least favorite job till date? My least favorite job to date? Easy. Um, I feel bad, like, saying their name, but <laughs> I worked I worked at a company. Uh, it was it was a, I was desperate for a job. Um, it was a packaging company. They were, they made uh, plastic packaging. And as soon as I joined, oil prices went up. And so like the job turned into like how much material could we like take out of the plastic packaging? And it was horrible and it was a terrible job. So, okay. Your last Google search. Um, uh, oh my gosh. Can I, can I actually look? <laughs> um i don't even know i'm a researcher so i'm constantly googling everything at things. yeah okay i'm looking um let's see what did i google last um 
Uh, okay, so I, I Googled don't tell the bee in apartment 23, which is a very funny <laughs> TV show on Hulu that I highly recommend to everyone. I was trying to remember the name of it, so that's what I Googled. So cool. You know, I, I seen, I think, the first season, uh, not after that. but It's um, very funny. It, very it funny. is, it is. I think yeah. the lead actress, I don't know her name. She's uh, amazing. She she's is. Amazing. And I've seen in other shows as well and, and movies and all, but yeah, she's always uh, uh, a pleasure. Uh, yes, yes. And what is your guilty pleasure? Um, let's see. My guilty pleasure is um, uh, going on Spotify and starting a radio station based off of a song I like and then just listening to new music and then just favoriting song. Like I love finding new music just all oh, the time. Yeah. Great. And first thing you do when you wake up. Look at my phone. <laughs> Okay. Just like and everybody else, I'm sure. Yeah. So this question was from the first season that we have actually removed it from the circulation. But I have to ask, what is your favorite phone app? Um, my favorite phone app. Um, lately, it's Just Watch, which is an app that allows me to sort of keep track of everything that I've watched and everything new that's coming out and on which streaming network it's on because <laughs> it's so hard, it's hard to figure to keep out track. when yeah, yeah you know when the next episode is coming or when the season is out just yeah. watch you said okay yes. that's something so that I watch. definitely I'm going to check out because okay. in the last season we have recommendations such as Uber, TikTok, Notes, Calendar, uh, Instagram and you know among others but they already everybody had a reason that why those apps were actually uh, useful so i'll add that to the uh, list okay. as well okay it's not a so, great user experience but it's it's, <laughs> it's functionally your favorite, yeah. it's good it's good functionally yeah all right so with that we'll conclude the uh, rapid fire part of our show and the coming back to something you know uh, something that you hold really dear which is uh, the uh, the website that you created about the cancer care cards. Um, yep. So how those worksheets uh, came to be and what was the thought behind uh, creating that website? Yeah, so um, after my husband passed away from cancer and um, he was, it was very surprising. So he was diagnosed um, in February with neuroendocrine cancer and then died six weeks later. Um, and he was very healthy when he was diagnosed. So it was very shocking when he was diagnosed. And then it was very shocking um, how quickly he declined and then eventually passed away. Um, and so after uh, he passed away and I had time to reflect on our experience, um, I was just really angry <laughs> and frustrated with the healthcare system for many reasons, um, I, I had spent time uh, documenting, you know, our experience during uh, the time uh, in the hospital um, on our Caring Bridge uh, website, just to share with friends and family. And as I reflected on our experience, you know, I looked back and I was like, "What a what a messed up." experience it was um this is this was wrong what we went through like the actual user experience of what we went through was wrong um it occurred to me that we didn't get uh the right information in the beginning of the experience um we didn't get in the right information throughout the experience 
Um, and so when I thought about, you know, who my husband was and how he, uh, so, so my husband and I, we sort of did the same thing. I, I was, a uh, at the time, um, uh, well, my husband worked at a company called Gravity Tank, which is an innovation consultancy in Chicago. It mm -hmm. has since been purchased by Salesforce. Um, but, you know, he, he was a user experience person. I'm a user experience person. And he always approached, uh, you know, projects like, hey, we don't know, you know, design, you don't know what the end is, but you know the steps to get there. You follow the process. And when I thought about, you know, a cancer diagnosis, I thought, hey, you don't know how you're going to get there, but you know what, where you want to go, you want to get rid of the cancer. And you know, generally kind of the steps that you're going to need to get there. You're, there's a treatment plan. There's going to be some milestones of, of diagnostic tests. Um, and there's some basic, you know, information that you start with. And so um, as I started piecing this stuff together, I just thought, well, this is just project planning and I can put together some project planning worksheets to help people plan out what this cancer uh, treatment and diagnosis plan is going to look like because when you are diagnosed, it, you're in a fog. And so I just thought this could help people understand what's happening. But this must be really hard for you to actually, you know, go through that experience and then, you know, go ahead and document it and then, you know, give the solution out. This must have helped you, uh, you know, deal with the entire situation which was uh, going on around. It, it did. It, it was cathartic in the sense that it, it made me feel like um, his death wasn't, you know, for nothing. But I do have to say it, it was, it made me feel kind of angry um, to put it out into the world that really just like a couple pieces of paper would have made this experience better. Um, because, right, like all the doctor had to do was just like write some information down and he never did that. Um, and that was what was upsetting is that I didn't know enough at the time to even ask for that information to be written down for me. It wasn't until after all of this happened and I had some time to reflect that I thought of it. And so that, that's what kind of, so while it did help me kind of heal a little bit, it also kind of opened the wound a little bit more because um, healthcare is awful and there's so many little, small, simple things that could be done to make that experience better. And yet the system isn't set up for those little things to, to occur. True. So all the listeners who are, you know, are interested in knowing more about it. And if you want to um, read those worksheets or see that if they can be, you know, come in handy for help. God forbid, if anybody uh, needs them, uh, they are available at www.cancerworksheets.com. Uh, I repeat the URL, which is www.cancerworksheets.com. So you can you know, download it, share it socially as much as you can. Um, people think that, that cancer is something that happens to other people and uh, it, it's something that cannot, you know, happen to uh, their near and dear ones or themselves, but it's a surprising uh, disease and it, it's not just one form of disease. It, it's, it's, a, it's a collection of different type of diseases which are named the word cancer. So um, that is where the help is available. Uh, thank you very much, um, 
April for actually, you know, setting that up and putting this out there for everybody. Um, so with, with that, I think um, we are at a part of the conversation when I have to ask you that people who are, you know, starting off in UX, who are coming into the industry, uh, do you, you know, want to have, you know, give any suggestions to them or something that you wish you knew before you started your journey as a UX professional? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so funny. I think uh, when I was in school, you know, I think everybody really gravitated towards you know, brands of companies. Like I want to work at IDEO. I want to work at Fitch. I want to work at this place. I want to work at that place. And now that I'm older, you know, um, I look at things and, and not just me, but my, my colleagues as well. Um, you know, we look at things through who are the people I'm going to be working with? What's the content I'm going to be working on? And really, what is the organization that I'm going to be working within? Um, and those are really the three things that are really most important. It has very little to do with the brand of the company. So, you know, find, find a place where the people are supportive and there are people that are going to inspire you. Um, you know, find a place where the content itself is going to be something that is exciting for you. Um, you know, right? I, I know so many people that they just want to go and work at Google, which is fine. If you want to go work at Google, that's great. But just remember that at Google, you're going to be a, you know, like a, a small fish in a giant pond. And so you're going to be working on like this little piece of a user experience versus mm -hmm. maybe getting a broad, you know, working on more of a user experience at a smaller place. So just think about, you know, what, scope you want to work on um i think earlier in the career i think it is best to you know work for you know relatively smaller places making so sure that the work that you are actually getting is on point and that is where you know i just you know as when we were talking i said that the work that you are doing is exceptional and and very challenging and you know even i got excited uh, hearing about it so uh, you also said that you are still looking for people to hire Yes, we have um, a number of people, uh, a number of positions open on both the research team and the UX design team. Um, on the UX design side, we're looking for UX designers, um, uh, UI visual design. Uh, and so, you know, we have uh, positions open globally. Uh, so, you know, uh, definitely check out our uh, website um, Motorola Solutions. We have all of our positions listed on LinkedIn. Um, you can also send your resume directly to um, an email address, designops at motorolasolutions.com. Um, and uh, yeah, we'd love to uh, take a look and see your work and hear from you. But uh, we work on really exciting stuff. I can't, I can't tell you. And we have a great team of people. We, uh, we're about to have a, a, a UX summit globally and um, we have great speakers coming. We're we're just it, it's such a fun team. I can't. I'm I'm so grateful to be a part of this team. I can't speak highly enough about it. It's awesome. We, we can we can get the idea. I mean, in the entire conversation, the emotions have gone in all over the directions. I mean, even before we started the recording, we were talking about something else, and the conversation came to UX <laughs> and the career, and then we had a rapid fire, and then we went into the serious mode. I can imagine that, you know, this is how banter should feel like, and I'm really glad yeah. that we got an opportunity and <laughs> to, too, you know, connect too. like this. 
So thank you very much for joining us for this podcast. This actually concludes today's episode. Season two has been, you know, lucky to have you on our, you know, as, as things are progressing. So UX Banter is a podcast which is presented by Galaxy UX Studio and uh, in association with Galaxy Weblinks, which is a full service uh, provider company. So for all the listeners, we will get back to you with another episode next week. So make sure that you subscribe and like and, you know, download or, you know, add to the playlist, whatever you do, whichever platform you're coming from, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, we are everywhere. So thank you very much for joining and thanks April once again. Thank you.